Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, and I'm super glad you're here. Yeah, where else are you going to be? Although, you know, that's kind of a loaded question. I feel like sometimes I am not in my body. I might be on another planet. I don't know, parallel universe. Yeah, life sometimes is moving pretty quick and easy to get ungrounded. So wherever you notice that you are, let's... Uh, definitely try to get more here together, which is one of our practices here at Marian Live, because we've got Tobin Blake joining us this hour, talking about his new book, Everyday Meditation, 101 Meditation for us. That's what we've got. Tobin's going to discuss with us uh, the value of meditation, the latest research. Don't worry if you can't do it. Uh, join the crowd. <laughs> Most of us really struggle. We know it's good for us, but how about we start with just taking uh, a little bit of a turn in, in our attention right now towards ourselves uh, to get this journey started, bringing our awareness to our breath. Nothing to do about it. Just notice. Where, where is your breath right now? Where are you aware your breath is in your body? <sighs> Sometimes we have to make it audible to notice. And just paying attention to the shape that your body is in, whether you're driving or sitting or walking, exercising, multitasking. Where are your shoulders? Mine generally about this stage of the day are up around my earlobes. Just noticing where your breath is, what's happening in your body, and seeing if you can't just bring a little bit more awareness to that connection between your body and your breath. Again, Nothing really to do about it, just maybe deepening your breath if that feels right. And uh, it helps us get more present. And I like to say we get presents, we get presents. <laughs> yeah, double entendre, a whole bunch of stuff we could say about that. But uh, the present today is the gift of our guest and uh, the riches that he brings. Tobin Blake is joining us. Everyday meditation is what we're going to be discussing this hour uh, yeah, read it and feel joy, practice, and be transformed this hour here on Marian Live. Uh, so as we turn our attention uh, to our portal of gratitude, which if you're joining us for the first time, yeah, we like to breathe, we get grateful, and then we introduce our guest. Just a nice way to orient ourselves. You know, it's so often we just we hit the ground running. Wake up, you're on to the next thing, flying in the shower, out in the, you know, traffic. Yeah, here we get to practice, creating a practice. I know, a radio show that's totally devoted to that. Isn't that awesome? 
because we're super interested, and I keep using that word today, super, super, super duper, pooper, scooper. I don't know why, because I like it. Um, We get to cultivate a practice together. Um, We're interested in helping support you, attracting and creating healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships, starting with the relationship with yourself, which we're going to talk about that in great detail in the context of meditation today. So gratitude is a nice way to also cultivate a really good way of approaching meditation. It's a shift in our perspective. It changes our body awareness, the way we feel about ourselves and everybody else. Yeah, and it's not easy to get grateful. I know. I hear you groaning. I know some of you in particular that are groaning. (laughs) It's not easy to be grateful, yet part of our practice to make an attempt to do so. And I will help you with a bridge. My favorite one is it made it possible for you to do what you're doing right now. It might help you climb out of somewhere that might not be such a useful neighborhood to be spending your precious time in some, I don't know, whatever that is. We don't need to judge it or name it. Just notice, whatever you're doing right now, who made it possible for you to eat the food that's in your belly right now, to bring the food to you, the clothes that you're wearing, your meditation clothes, your yoga pillow, the electronic device that you're using. Yep, go down your list of who makes it possible for you to do those things as we approach our portal of gratitude by introducing our honorary sponsor, the One World Children's Fund. Dot Orly, if you're online, they're uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. What a beautiful, beautiful platform and uh, just a way to move through the world. We're so grateful. They are our sponsor here at Marian Lodge. Also, on the national level, the National Action Organization committing to, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal, isn't it? We need value about each other, this objectifying, reductive uh, world that we think. Thank you so much, Kant, <laughs> Descartes. I know they didn't mean to do that. That's what I tell myself. You know, we split off from our parts. It's okay. It was a necessary journey. Now we're traveling back. We're a national action organization is helping us do that because we're committed to changing the way we value each other, valuing our body, valuing our body, mind, spirit, connection. It makes programming like this possible, and 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. Check them out online, org for more information. And if you want to donate, yeah, your money will go right to programming just like this and other programs that they make available. And on the uh, local level, if you like bookstores, I love bookstores, don't you know? I love my authors and all the books they write. Well, Open Secret Bookstore is right here in our backyard in Northern California. Uh, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. I've been hanging out there for 20-some-odd years. I love it. You might find Tobin Blake's book there or wherever fine books are sold, by the way. Uh, check them out online, opensecretbookstore.com. Yeah. So as we make our turn towards our guest today, yeah, breathing for sure knows what the quality of your breath is. It may have changed. You're moving towards some gratitude. Yeah, we've got our cultivated practice going. Now we're going to discuss with Tobin Blake, everyday meditation. And we all know that meditation helps lower stress. We've heard that. Reduce anxiety and depression, by the way. And it can even prevent disease. So why is it so hard 
to start and sustain this practice. It's hard, super hard. <laughs> well, Tony Blake's created a complete and detailed course on uh, meditation practice. Um, he, he shares in his book how to reprogram the inner dialogue, kind of like what I just said. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. To overcome anxiety, to heal depression, cultivate spiritual relationships, and stop battling your inner dialogue in order to discover your true self. You can live awakened with purpose and joy intentionally. Yeah, Tobin's a longtime student in meditation, healing, and the mind-body connection. He holds workshops on meditation and spiritual awakening and Liz and Ben are going to be joining us today to share with us uh, his new book, by the way, Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations. I said 101. We're going to have to make one up, Kelvin. We're so happy that you're here with us on Mary and Life. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. So, Tobin, yeah, the billion-dollar question, which we're going to get to, is why does it seem so hard? And, and you know this is a question that comes up for you again and again. But let's talk about first your own personal relationship with meditation. Did you grow up meditating? Were you like a little baby Buddha guy, or how did that happen? <laughs> hardly, hardly. <laughs> you know, I think actually my first introduction to meditation was surfing, and I know that might sound odd to a lot of people, but um, surfing, like so many sports uh, and just activities, tends to help to draw us into the present. Uh, and that's really what meditation is about. So I think, yeah, my first experience was being out there amongst the waves with my friends, just connecting with the ocean, mm-hmm. feeling the rhythm of the sea, and um, sort of connecting with it, and connecting with the waves and the energy of the waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, I did have some interest in teachings such as Paramahansa Yogananda. Um, you know, he wrote Autobiography of a Yogi, a great yeah spiritual classic, of course, uh, the teachings of um, Carlos Castaneda, and, you know, these sorts of things. Even as a teenager, I was interested in these things. And the main thing that struck me was these people were speaking of God and spirit in a way that wasn't so foreign. You know, if you go to a church, quite often you're being told that you must have faith, you must have faith, meaning blind faith. Um, whereas these guys were saying, you don't have to have blind faith. You can actually connect directly with spirit and know what you are in truth. And meditation is a great vehicle to do that. So that's really what hooked me and got me interested. And um, at some point I became, you know, as I grew into adulthood, I became, before I started meditating, quite depressed, like so many people do. And I was struggling with my relationships, and that wasn't helping. And um, so that really prompted the move from being an interest in meditation to wanting to get off the roller coaster of emotional stress, the ups and downs of life, and letting my emotions and my thoughts rule me, and actually sitting down and trying to practice out finally. Right. Uh, thanks for that background. Yeah, because so often people just assume that a teacher of meditation was born enlightened and very simple <laughs> and quiet and not necessarily the case for anybody really. Right. Uh, very few of us are born enlightened and I think even enlightened souls go through a stage in early life. You know, people who are born just to teach um, still go through a stage of ego development and they become lost in it 
you know, uh, Eckhart Tolle was uh, as a recent name that comes to mind who discussed how he became completely entrapped in his ego and um, was miserable. And it really took him to reach a state where he said, you know, I can no longer live with myself. I can no longer live with myself is, is approximately the quote um, that he, he, uh, he stated was the um, precursor to his shift and awareness towards being. Well, Tobin, you're bringing up a good point. So there's different perspectives, different contexts, and actually philosophical paradigmatic differences in um, meditation, what that even means. Uh, so, you know, schools of thought, let's just say that. Um, it, it, not all meditation is created equal. Is that true or not true? And, and, and then... On top of that, where is, is your position? From from where do you rest uh, or stand on in terms of your your ideas about a uh, school of meditation that you teach? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And first of all, when we're trying to define meditation, which is a part of what this question involves here, you have to realize that there are two primary systems of defining meditation. One involves the techniques of a meditation, which is really what you're referring to here. And the techniques of meditation are incredibly varied. There's mantras, there's mindfulness, uh, visualization, just sitting, you know, and all these have different um, themes and different certain practices that can coexist, you know, within them. Um, so, it, you know, those, those are the techniques. Now, as for the experience of meditation, that is actually quite impossible to define. So I like to explain it like this. Imagine that you're standing at a lake um, at the, on the seashore of, of, or the shoreline of a lake. And out in the middle of this lake, there's an island. Now, that island represents the experience of meditation. In order to know what that experience is, you need to go out there. I can't explain it to you. It's an exploration. It's an experience. Um, it'd be kind of like trying to explain what a beautiful sunset looks like uh, to a person who's been blind their entire life or what a, a, a symphony sounds like in the emotional states that a symphony could uh, inspire in a human being um, to a person who's been deaf their entire life. It's very, very challenging. Um, now, along the shoreline, however, you'll notice that there are a number of boats. And those boats represent the techniques of meditation. Mantra and all the mantras that are possible. And mantras are just a sound or a word or a sentence that is repeated over and over in meditation, either out loud or silently. And there's visualization. There's another boat that's mindfulness and zazen and et cetera, et cetera. The whole shoreline is lined with these things. You choose a boat. The purpose of that boat is not to explore in and of itself. The purposes of that boat is to take you to that island. And we each respond differently. So um, I really think that these techniques, and I, I go through a number of them in the book, the whole first 30 days of the journey through this book is all about exploring the different vessels and certain themes of meditation. Um, but ultimately, as soon as possible, I recommend you know, once you get to that island, you leave the boat there and you're on the island and just experiencing the, the state of meditation, which is the state of being. It's the state of um, dissolving your 
your uh, your incessant uh, projections, mental projections, into future and into past, and just experiencing yourself liberated from thought. So is it like witnessing your being? Is that is that part of it? Because sometimes you're being, you don't know that you're being. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're all right. lined up. So is meditation right. kind of <laughs> cultivating, like I've heard, like the watcher, the witness that's watching you being? You, you, um, you, it's not so much that you're watching being maybe, but I, I kind of like the way that sounds. Um, and you're, you're so right that a lot of people experience being. I mean, we are being all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, but we cover it up with uh, mental words, our thoughts. And um, mostly with our identification with thoughts. Now, that is the real problem. It's not the thoughts that are the problem. Yeah. It's our it's our absolute oneness with our thoughts. Oh yeah. The ability to separate ourselves from them, and so we become so identified with these thoughts that um, we actually begin to think that we are. Our oh. So instead of lumping up your thoughts with being, the thoughts are separate from being. Right. So you you go into a state where you begin to witness your thoughts, and you can almost think of them as clouds crossing the sky, and you just let them come and go. So um, one common mistake that many students of meditation make, and indeed many teachers of meditation perpetuate this error, is that you have to fight your thoughts that you should try to silence your mind, absolutely. And, um, you know, the problem is the more you do that, the more frustrated you become, and frustration is, is antithetical to the state of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're sitting there trying to silence your mind and fight your thoughts, and you're saying these are evil, and you just become very frustrated, and you feel like um, a loser. But that's part of the deal, though. Isn't that part of the process? I mean, everybody's got their initiation phase, right? Uh, yeah. And the faster you get through that, the better. Yeah. So my whole goal as as a teacher, and I only got into teaching just because I had seen, I had gone through this frustration for many years, um, and I recognized at some point the failure on um, the teacher's parts that I had been listening to and the failure on my own part to go beyond that space and realize the truth, which is you can't fight the waterfall of thought. That's what some Buddhists call that. The waterfall of thought is this roaring background drone that floods through our awareness day in, day out. You can't fight that, but you can step back and let that be and recognize that you are not those. So you become the watcher of those thoughts. You become, you realize that you are the experiencer. You aren't those thoughts. You aren't your body. You aren't your personality or any of the other things that go along with ego. Okay. So now we're going to make some distinctions here, maybe some really hair-breath distinctions that I think might make a huge difference. I know they did for me and probably in your own way, uh, Tobin. But, for example, when we, we're going to go to break here pretty soon. But let's start by kind of picking apart um, this this differentiation of being identified with a thought because here's a lot of the folks that are out there listening or probably some of them are really literal like me like the idea that my mind is telling me something and me being identified with that just you know like how does that even work right because like some thoughts you need to think and then they need to innervate you so you take action like don't go stand in front of a truck 
<laughs> right? right. This is a good thought to have and good action, <laughs> right action, right? Right. So can you make some distinctions about what kind of thoughts you're talking about and then how meditation helps us get some space from those particular thoughts? Because you're not lumping all thinking together necessarily, are you? So thinking evolved as a tool is a part of the evolutionary process of life. Um, animals may have some simple thinking processes that they've developed, but um, as far as we know anyway, human beings are the only animals who became self-realized, fully self-realized. Now, that may not be correct. You know, some people might argue against that. Dolphins, elephants, whales, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but we create literature and art and music right. that, that we have um, physical uh, representations that most people would agree are dissimilar to other men. Right. Go to break. Hold that thought, Tobin. We'll be right back. Everybody sit tight. I know we want to hear the answer to this question. And, yeah, if you're thinking, go ahead and keep thinking. <laughs> it's okay. You can't do this wrong, by the way, uh, although Tobin says there are some things that he would discourage you from doing. When we get back right here on Marion Live, we're going to talk more about Tobin Blake's work in his book, Everyday Meditation, right here on Marion Live. Back in just a minute. Everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, 
everybody. How are you thinking? Or are you meditating? Are you moving meditating? Are you zazen? Are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's okay. We're all going to meditate here at some point. Uh, we're, we're speaking with Tobin Blake, who's joining us today. He's written a book called Everyday Meditation, and he teaches us meditation. He teaches uh, all over the place, and uh, we're going to find out more about that a little bit later. Go to TobinBlake.com if you're online right now for more information. In the meantime, uh, before the break, Tobin, we were discussing the, the sort of the origin of thought, uh, the differentiation between animals, uh, mammals, and humans, and our thinking process, and what kind of thinking we're actually talking about in meditation that you said earlier we get identified with that we want to get some space from. And we're going to talk about the medicinal effects for doing so and the emotional aspects in just a little bit. But let's finish up that story there because that was pretty interesting that, that uh, animals um, don't create symphonies that we're aware of as human beings or art or any of that that we're aware of. <laughs> we don't want to upset anybody out there no, who's no. <laughs> seen animal symphonies or Please don't get upset of art. <laughs> don't, don't leave today. <laughs> Argue with us. Send us an email. Yeah. Stick with us. Okay, go ahead, Tobin. All right, so, you know, my point was real simple here. Uh, we evolved, you know, animals are in a state of being, but we evolved at some point a little bit further and we became self-aware, and uh, we developed thought, the ability to think, the ability to reason, the ability to use all that to solve, problem solve, and also to um, channel our creative energies to all sorts of things, writing and, and art and music. Um, but... The problem is, for many, many hundreds, probably more like thousands of years, human beings have um, become totally engaged with their thoughts. And I realize it's very difficult for people when they first hear this sort of thing to understand that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are just words. Literally, they're just words drifting along through your head. Um, but you identify with those thoughts and with what they tell you and with your uh, definition of self. So all of your likes and dislikes, um, everything you've added on to what I call core self. So when you were born into this world, you were pretty much a pure spirit. You weren't um, projecting forward or backwards through time. You weren't worried about the future. You didn't know where the past, uh, anything about the past. Um, and then as you grew up, you added all these kinds of images onto this, likes and dislikes. You got a name from your parents. Um, you were told what you were, a human being. You probably developed some sense of nationality and race. And um, you became, a, you know, you developed a career at some point and so on and so forth, along with all of your judgments and biases and everything else that goes along with being a personality in this world. Well, all that stuff becomes what we call an ego. And it's all thought involved, personality involved, physically involved, so when we're talking about meditation, what we're doing is just for a little while, we're stepping back from all that stuff. We're letting go of all those images that have built this false self, ego, and we're just reconnecting with what we were when we were first born, which is presence. And to understand what I'm saying, you really have to just make this shift for yourself and begin to cultivate that, reconnect with that sense of presence or sense of being, whatever you want to call it. You can also call it your higher self with a capital S. I like to call it core self because it exists at the very core of your being. It is a spark of life upon which everything else grew 
So the problem is we've gotten so involved with our thoughts and our ego and lost in this, along with uh, images of, of connection to our body, that we've forgotten what we are in truth. How come? How come? How do we do that? A lot of people have different theories. What's yours? Well, um, yeah, I, you know, it seems to happen naturally as we evolve in this world. But my ultimate theory is that we actually have a sense of fear to reconnecting with the self. And that is also why I believe that everybody seems to have trouble, quote-unquote, learning how to meditate. It isn't that meditation is hard. It actually requires no effort at all. It requires non-effort, in fact. It just requires just relaxing and letting go. And if you were just to completely relax and completely let your mind go, it would actually turn inward into the state of meditation. Naturally, you would have to do nothing. So it's non-effort. Nothing could be easier. So what makes it seem difficult? Well, our insistence, our clinging to everything we've built upon that self, um, the personality we've built, the ego we've built, all of our sense of the little self, the ego self, becomes what we think we are. And the thing is, as we release all of that and turn back to our original self, we realize that's not what we are. So it almost feels like a threat to ego. It almost feels like we're losing something, or at least that's, that's the fear. And so that's why we resist the state. Truly, if you ask me, after all these years of experimenting with meditation and all the techniques, there is nothing that will take you deeper into meditation than letting go of all of your sense of fear, all of your sense of guilt, all of your sense of shame, and all of your mistakes, and all of your judgments about other people, you let go of all that stuff, you will experience what is commonly referred to as enlightenment. Okay, well, what about the folks who would say, all right, I, I hear you, and this smacks of what a lot of folks are calling spiritual bypass now. What do you say about that? Climbing over stuff that needs to be here, like shadowy stuff and grief and, yeah. you know, like the learning curve of becoming or unbecoming. Like, what do you think about that? So um, what I think is most of that stuff is an excuse or egos used to avoid the present moment, which is extremely easy to reach. It's right here. It's always here. But where are we? Where are our minds? That's the one question we have to ask. Well, so constellating as a no-self, a non-ego self, is probably at least the little bits I've done so terrifying. I mean, you know, Carl Jung did it, and he said he, he and all of his sort of followers said, hey, you don't want to go to this place by yourself, you know, deep into that imaginal no-self realm unless you know what the heck you're doing. What do we want to say to that, Toby? Um, you know what I say to that? Um, nonsense. <laughs> that's, my, that's my answer to that. Um, the realm of no-self, and let me make this clear here. You go into this realm and you come back into ego experience, and you go into this realm and you come back into ego experience, People think enlightenment, we develop this image that enlightenment is one moment. And wham, we're enlightened, we're, we're liberated, we're free. No, um, not for most people anyway. It, it's a back and forth. You experience enlightenment and you, you kind of bounce back into your ego self. And back and forth you go. And, you know, truthfully, um, this state is no threat to ego whatsoever. You cannot be lost in it. It is your natural home. 
and the one thing that I could uh, um, suggest to people is to continuously remind yourself when you're meditating, I am safe. And just relax. Let well, go and relax. Well, why don't you try that when we go to break, everybody? I am. Just try it on. See what happens. We're going to go to break. Tobin and I are coming back. At least we think we are. <laughs> At least whoever I think I am thinks I'm going back. <laughs> and we're going to be here for you. We're going to meditate together. Don't worry. We're going to talk some more about the course self and, uh, yeah, all the research that's happening out there. We're going to help you get on your meditative way when we get back right after these messages. sick of seeing everyone around me partnered but not me I'm pretty and smart so why can't I find someone I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me that was me venting now I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book sexy secrets to a juicy love life Proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals sexy secrets to a juicy love life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody. I know that was a lot, a lot of words that I put out there. You know, there's a lot of people who have a lot to say about meditation. So why don't we now take a turn? Our guest, Kevin Blake, is joining us. Actually move into uh, some actual meditation techniques. Uh, we're going to get to those before we get to the top of the hour. Um, and a little bit more about, uh, as we turn our attention inwards, Tobin, uh, let's go back to this idea about the core self. And um, then once we do that, some of the benefits that we're finding for actual meditation in this process. Yeah, the benefits appear to be quite endless. Um, the first thing that people notice, of course, is just a sense of peace when you're meditating, and you sort of gain a little bit more control over your emotional states. Gradually, this this occurs. But um, you know, the thing, and, and part of this comes from not projecting through time. So when you're meditating, you're trying to, in part, just let go of all your thinking about the future about worries and anticipations of any sort, positive or negative, and also let go of whatever has happened already. And that means even a second to go. So you're just attempting to just be present and let the present be what it is and as it is. 
And um, it's interesting, psychologists have realized that people who focus on the past a lot, think about the past quite often, tend to be rather depressed people. We're thinking about our grievances, we're thinking about the mistakes we've made and the mistakes other people have made. And even when we're thinking about the good times, um, those good times are gone and they'll never be again. So this is sort of a melancholy state to be in. Mm-hmm. And when we're projecting into the future, we're, we're anxiety-ridden. We're worried about, you know, everything we need to do between now and some future point or be, you know, about whatever could happen to us um, uh, that we can't anticipate. Um, there are a million possibilities, of course, so that tends to provoke quite a lot of anxiety. So the first thing that people notice is as you begin to retrain your mind to just be present. No thoughts about the past, or at least not clinging to them, and no worries or concerns about the future, uh, including trying to use the present moment as like a stepping stone to a better future. A lot of people get stuck in this. If only this w- would happen, if, um, I'd be happy then. You know, if only I were rich, if only I had another job, if only this or that or blah, 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 uh, then I could be at peace and be happy. That never cuts it and never works. Yeah, and, and you said it, training our minds is kind of what we're right. trying to do here. So when we practice meditation regularly, we're just retraining our minds to be present and to, to let just our life unfold as they do without judging, without worrying about the future, without um, dwelling on the past. And this produces a tremendous psychological benefit. Gone, pretty much, are the worst of uh, human emotions, guilt, uh, fear, um, anxiety, depression. All those things start to reduce in us. But the other thing is that this affects us physically. So we see tremendous drops in the incidence of cancer, for instance, about 50%, according to studies, and also heart disease, 50% or more. Some studies have shown reductions in the incidence of developing heart disease, regular meditators, up to 80%. Wow. So that's pretty tremendous, especially when you consider these are the two number one killers um, of human beings, cancer and heart disease. So tremendous benefits, and they don't end there. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Really, meditation seems to affect us on all levels. Truly the best natural medicine. Super easy, and another fable that I like to bust down for for people just getting involved in this is that you have to meditate for long periods of time to achieve these sort of benefits. You do not. In fact, most studies... Um, that have shown these benefits have only had uh, their, their research subjects practicing meditation for you know, approximately 15 minutes twice a day. So that's half an hour a day to reduce your incidence of cancer and heart disease by 50% and then achieve all the other benefits. So that's not a lot. And, um, in fact, uh, I believe it was Deepak Chopra who said, if you have time to brush your teeth in the morning, you have time to meditate. Mm. Mm. That's good to know. Yeah, because uh, most of us, well, folks I've talked to, they think, oh, I have to do this for half an hour, and I yeah. have to wear certain clothes, and you know, I've got to be quiet. And I've actually read that, uh, I don't know what you think about this, Tobin, that, that folks who are living in this culture, um, it, it's really difficult to find the quiet, safe place that is really required to meditate. What do we think about that? Well, the cool thing is we don't necessarily need a quiet um, place to meditate. But it is helpful, sure. For your regular practicing, it's helpful. 
you know, and everybody has a bedroom, most people do anyway, that you can go into for a few minutes. But I've meditated on the bus before. You know, I've meditated waiting for doctor's appointments and et cetera, et cetera. You don't need a particular space to meditate. And you can learn to be present in any environment, including with your eyes open, including when you're interacting with people. You can learn to be mindful, which is really what meditation is. But certainly I encourage everyone to develop a regular practice where you're sitting down, making some quiet time to close your eyes and just withdraw from all the busyness and all the stress of the world. You will never know how much your soul needs this until you actually do it. Isn't that the truth? Okay, well, so let's swap back just for a minute on, you talked about all the benefits of how meditation or what meditation um, can give us. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it do that? What, what's happening in the brain? I mean, can yeah. you explain that a little bit? Well, I don't think anybody's completely explained it. Well, I explain it like this. When you meditate, you are letting go of all the extra stuff you placed on top of yourself. And yet that self at the core of your being is perfect. That self actually is a perfect extension of your source. Created perfectly, essentially, you could say in simple contemporary terms, an extension of God, a spark of God. And so when we reconnect with that self, we are taking on all the natural creative and healing energy that is latent in our core self and that is inherent in our creation um, from, from our source. So that's why, why it heals ultimately. That's what I believe anyway. Um, you know, there are other various studies that have gone into this and shown yeah. just a variety of things. So. Sure. Well, we're, we're yeah. proof is in the pudding, folks. When we get back, we're going to learn how to meditate right here on Mary and I. Don't Let's do it. Child. Back in just a minute with Tobin Blake. Uh, yeah, we're going to meditate every day. Well, at least when we come back after these messages. Sick of seeing everyone around me partnered, but not me. I'm pretty and smart, so why can't I find someone? I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone. I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me. That was me venting. Now I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. Proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals sexy secrets to a juicy love life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships 
Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.mariannelive.com What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net .net the positive radio network Welcome back everybody. Okay, we can move and meditate. We can use our eyes, leave them open when we meditate. All right, Tobin, take us there. How do we meditate? How we're going to do it? And let's do it together right here. Okay, so the the simplest way to meditate is to first of all, if you're able to Find a quiet place where you feel safe and comfortable. Um, get comfortable. So take a, a seated position. You should be sitting up. I recommend you sit up. So if you lay down, um, some people do that, but it can uh, increase your tendency to withdraw into sleep-like states. So I prefer to sit up, keep your back relatively straight, close your eyes. And a great way to begin is just to take a few deep breaths, breathing in through your nose, Breathing out through your mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth, and relax. And then begin um, tuning in very simply to your breath. So after you're relaxed and you've maybe taken a few deep breaths to kind of get that relaxation going, just let your breathing return to normal, but tune into it. In other words, begin to sense your breath directly. Feel it as you inhale and feel it as you exhale. You're not thinking about it. You're just experiencing it. This will draw you into the present moment and draw you away from the thinking mind. And you might want to focus on where you first feel your breath. For instance, many people first feel their breath passing their nostrils, the, the threshold of their nostril. Some people might feel their breath uh, on, around the upper lip, of the upper lip. Wherever that point is, you may wish just to focus on that one point. So feeling the breath pass as you breathe in and feeling the breath pass out of your body as you breathe out. Breathing in and exhaling and feeling the breath directly. Are we doing it? Yeah. I imagine some people are. I'm doing it. (laughs) What happens as you go deeper into this, and just, you know, keep doing it for the first few minutes of the meditation, what happens is you begin to sense presence in you. You begin to sort of let go of your thoughts. And and one way to deal with your thoughts while you're practicing in this way, because thoughts will come into your mind. Yeah, here are mine. I don't like this. I'm, I'm yeah. fidgety. Whatever. I'm there are a thousand I'm thoughts. Scared. All of a sudden I'm feeling sad, you know. Feeling this, feeling that, thinking about the future, thinking about the past. Uh, a thousand thoughts could come in, even thoughts about the meditation. Am I doing this correctly? Mm-hmm. Just try to loosen your grip on those, so to speak, and just try to see them as if they were just clouds passing through. And keep returning your focus to your breath. 
And once you begin to sense presence within you, you may just wish to let go of the entire practice and just begin connecting with that and staying in that space. Try to imagine as well that you're just surfing at the crest of the present moment. So you're not projecting, you're not thinking anything about the future, and you're not thinking anything about the past, but you're just being present and letting this moment arise perfectly right here, right now. Uh, and as you do that, as you gain a, a sense of that, you'll begin to be able to go deeper into it. Your mind will be a little bit more quiet. And I suggest just do it for a few minutes. Do it for a few minutes at first, twice a day, and as you get better at it and as it becomes more pleasurable, try it three times a day or increase the amount of time from three minutes to ten minutes. Well, in your book, you give us meditations every day for a hundred, hundred times, hundred days. It's amazing. Like every day, I've looked through a bazillion of these already. And you can sit down if you don't like it, go to another day, or just try it on, right? Yeah, and, and the idea behind that is just to get people doing it. Yeah. The most important thing is the one thing I learned beyond anything else. The techniques don't really matter. They're just designed to bring you into that space. And everybody reacts a little bit differently to each technique. But ultimately, once you reach that space, just be present. That is, is the ultimate goal. And allow that sense of presence to expand and deepen. And um, that is the journey. Yeah, and you know, your book also, you, you, you break it up real quick as we come to the top of the hour. about You break it up into emotional balance, health and healing, reciprocity. You have these great areas that if people are looking for, you're like, hey, I'm going to just jump ahead. I need some work with this or that, you know. Uh, no problem. Uh, Tobin's brought this to us uh, so we can try things on and see what fits, what works for us, which you're, you're saying is sort of the point of the book. Just let's do it. We can do 30 seconds twice a day, five minutes twice a day, whatever it is. Sit down and do it. Do it again. And then do it again, right? Hey, well, the benefits in relationship are what? Do we have any research on that, Tobin? Like, how does meditating affect your intimate relationship? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So one of the things you do when you're meditating is, as you become present, is you begin to take, and this is the most important, responsibility for your own feelings. And you begin to realize that your happiness, and this is critical, is not dependent on your significant other. <laughs> yeah! Brilliant. Right? This is a brilliant idea. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's so simple, right? And it, it's profound, though, when, when we apply it. A lot of people just hung up. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a... egos hate to hear that. <laughs> what? Right. All right, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Tobin Blake, what do you want to leave us with today? I have truly have become convinced that this, the move back towards presence towards being is our ultimate destination in terms of the evolution of the human species. So we began with no thought and just a basic sense of being, and then we developed thought, and now thought has taken over our kind, and now we need to develop to the stage where thought becomes a tool we can use, and we reconnect with being uh, in full consciousness, and ultimately we become a liberated race. But that involves each one of us becoming a liberated individual uh, along the way. Well, what's your favorite meditation? My favorite meditation at this point is just being and accepting, accepting life. In other words, you just sit down and you, you get relaxed. And once you're relaxed, you just focus on letting everything 
be as it is, with no resistance, no attempt to change anything, no attempt to change yourself or another person, just be. It's not so easy, isn't it? Well, we're going to keep trying. We're going to try it. We're going to try it again. We're going to get your book. We're going to give it to our friends. We're going to try it again, get a really cool meditation pillow because my ego likes that. <laughs> Just noticing. Hey, where, where are folks going to get a hold of you? TobinBlake.com? They can definitely connect with me on TobinBlake.com. I'm on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash TobinBlake, T-O-B-I-N-B-L-A-K-E. And, yeah, definitely connect with me there. And the book's available everywhere. Wherever you buy your books, go get it there. Are you teaching anywhere these days? Um, you know, I do classes periodically here in uh, Central Oregon, mm-hmm. but I don't do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you do on your inner, in your inner reality, right? You travel. That, that's right. That's Astral what Buddha said. Where, where do you want to go? We're, hey, we're actually getting ready to launch a, a new uh, YouTube. So um, a lot of my teaching and classes are going to be conducted there. So hopefully people go to my website. You can sign up for my mailings, and you'll connect with me there, and then you'll know when that uh, YouTube site gets launched, and you can take some direct classes with me. Great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tobin. We're we're so happy, and we need it every day, meditation. Thank you. Welcome back anytime on Marion Live. In the meantime, everybody, get your meditation on. Don't just talk about it. We're going to be right back right after these messages. For more information on what's coming up next week and for our wrap, thanks again, Tobin. Thank you. All right, everybody, sit tight. We'll be right back right after these messages. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 877 dad or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. 
joining us, everybody. I feel like I'm so mellow now. I'm so, I don't know, I remember one time I was meditating and my mom asked me what I was on. <laughs> I'm just saying, it actually works. It's nice. If, if you like that kind of thing, and I'm thinking that you all tune in and you get, there are definite benefits to meditating. Take 30 seconds. 30 seconds, 5 minutes, whatever, and uh, get a copy of Everyday Meditation. Thanks again to Tobin Blake for joining us on Marion Live. Hey, guess what? In between your meditations, uh, we've uh, redone our website for you because you asked us to. It's way more user-friendly if that were possible. Yes, it is. We've changed our scheme. We've got more podcasts for you. If you can't listen live, you can go to our website and download them and get our blogs and and other tips and tools and workshops and whatnot for helping you attract and sustain healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships. Because like I always say, great relationships begin within. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Go to info at MarianneLive.com. If you have any questions at MarianneLive.com, just for, because you can't. I'll pass it on. Uh, last part of your practice, go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Make it a beautiful one. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>